the Bar is a podcast for dance studio owners by dance studio owners. Every week, we seek to unpack what is happening in our lives, our businesses, our hearts, and our minds. Sometimes we take a serious tone, other weeks, not so much. Either way, we hope you feel encouraged, supported, motivated and uplifted by simply knowing you are not alone. Join us at The Bar. Hello and welcome back to The Bar. It's Miss Jane joined by the lovely Miss Mel as always. Uh, Good to have you with us Miss Mel. Lovely to be here Jane. Always Three days before Christmas. Oh yes, always nice to have a chat and uh, yeah, for us we both just closed down our studios for the long break and um, it does feel quite good, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. I must admit I'm still feeling a little bit in that crazy space where you're finishing up work, getting ready for Christmas, making sure I haven't forgotten someone's present. You know, yes. all the important stuff. Well, I remembered that I have forgotten someone's presence, so I've still got a to-do list, but that's okay. Yeah, um, it's, all it's all good, yeah. And I actually love, um, not so much right now, because, yeah, I am still feeling a little tense in the shoulders and, you know, it's been a big year for us both uh, for so many reasons, but um, I love the possibility of the summer break. I love the fact that I it feels so indulgent to be able to do some things that you know I like doing just as Jane and that's often reading and most of them are business books but that's fine Um, just baked gingerbread shapes with the small boy Um, gingerbread (laughs) aeroplanes for Christmas (laughs) Um, I love um, I love that space between Christmas and New Year where nobody knows what day it is yes don't know what time it is and it doesn't matter it's just the best it is i'm looking looking forward to that um yes and so with all of that goodness uh we're going to lead into a conversation that's not quite that positive um about difficult conversations and it's really um yeah one of those things that we cannot avoid but lots of us do yeah, I was going to say, a lot of people do avoid them. Mm. The thing with with difficult conversations is there's actually two types. Um, one is proactive and the other is reactive. Um, both can be difficult. So a proactive, difficult conversation is where you're coaching for development and you know, um, you know there's something that they could do better yeah, but it's not particularly nasty. It's just coaching. It's just mm-hmm. like teaching. It's like I see you do this and how about you try this? But we still um, sometimes avoid that just because it has a little bit of a negative bias. But I think um, if we flip our mindset for it to be like coaching, then that is helpful. Um, yeah, and absolutely. Obviously the reactive one is a little bit, bit more difficult to navigate and that's where we're coaching for real performance improvement like then they're underperforming it's not hey you know you, there are other ways to do this it's like you you're just not doing this right you're not meeting expectations your behaviors are not al- aligned with the organization and that 
obviously can be very difficult to navigate, but um, they are conversations that just have to be had if you're, you've got a team, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think as we grow as leaders ourselves, I mean, you know, you and I both started with small teams and our teams have grown over time. You realise more more and more how important it is to address those difficult conversations in the here and now, not let them fester, not leave them because, um, yeah, over time it builds and builds and builds and if you don't nip things in the bud then you end up in all sorts of trouble, don't you? Mm. Oh, yeah, and and it can be easier to feel like, oh, I'll just put that off, I'll just yeah. put that off, or it might sort itself out, or just give it some time. I'll just give it, yeah. you know, things are a bit crazy. I think that's the other thing. We often um, will make excuses to justify our avoidance. Oh, it's just yeah. a little bit busy at the moment. Everyone's a little stressed, so we'll just put that off. Um, but, you know, if you just leave a, a small flame, a, a candle, let's say, unattended in a dry paddock, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Going to create a really big fire. <laughs> um, and then act all surprised. Oh, look, the house burnt down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what it feels like when it goes bad. It goes really bad and it does feel like the house is falling, you know. It, yeah. It's, it's too emotional then. It's too hot you know, then. Absolutely. Um, and I think um, the other thing is too, like looking around to your team, if if your team, because, you know, our other team members see these behaviours or, you know, whatever yeah. it might be that we're addressing, and if they don't see us as the leader doing something about it proactively, then that really can start to be really toxic, I think, too, that, you know, if people are looking to you for leadership and you're not addressing those behaviours, you know, when everybody else is doing the right thing and behaving a certain way and doing mm. their jobs and then there's someone that's not performing and they don't see anything being done about it, then um, I think that's really important to raise as well. That yeah, as hard as it might feel, it is actually mm. so important for the rest of the team to know that you are addressing those things. That's super valuable. I'm I'm so glad you shared that because, yeah, I mean, I've been on both ends of that. I've been in, in teams where I've not been the leader and um, or even, you know, go right back to primary school and you're in a group of, I used to hate group assignments because there was always one kid, wasn't there, one child that just sat there and did nothing and yeah. you'd feel resentful that the teacher didn't see that. You know, you'd think, come on, we're all here doing the work and they're, you know, doing, I don't know, picking their nose or whatever it is that they're doing yeah. and they're still going to get an A for this. And it's really no different in the workplace. We're just a bit taller. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, not all. <laughs> Me, not so much. Um, but, yeah, it's like, well, why are we doing all the work and that other person is, is not in alignment or they're underperforming and, and they're kind of getting away with it. And that does, you, you are spot on there, that does create toxic, toxic, toxic environments. I was like doing my own rap. I was like trying to think of a fancy word and I was like, toxic. toxic. <laughs> <laughs> three days before Christmas. Just a reminder, three days. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I think also um, maybe it's helpful to look at why we don't 
have the conversations like and and sometimes when we do then all of the rest of the team are like oh yeah well finally because also this 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 and you're like well why didn't you say something well it's not actually yeah. their job you know it's it's that's mm. hard but as the leader it is our job there's a whole lot to leadership that is not as fun as it may first appear um yeah and this is this is the big one but i think it's helpful to think personally well why if you are an avoider of these difficult conversations with your team members well why like what's behind that and a lot of the time it is and I think you and I've talked about this before that need yeah. to be liked like I, I want to be liked you know I, I don't want to create tension or negativity I, I want everyone to like me well here's the truth they're just it just can't be that way and it's sometimes people it doesn't mean be unkind you can still be kind and honest, but you, you have to get past that need to be liked, which is really inbred oh, in some people hard. more than others. Yeah, well, yeah. for some people it's not, you know. Some people don't actually mm -hmm. care, but for the ones that do, it is a real Achilles heel to having these conversations. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, you and I have both shared this too with each other that there's part of being an empath is that, like for me, when I'm approaching those difficult conversations, it actually, I mean, it really hurts. You know, it mm. hurts to think this person is going to feel hurt. They're going to feel upset by, you know, what I might have to tell them here. And so, I like for me, my strategy is I have to compartmentalise that. I have to put that in a box and go, yeah. I know that this is how the person's going to feel, but I have to come from a place of, one, this is going to help them in the long run. So you have to know that what you're doing is about improving their performance, but also mm. improving, you know, supporting them as an individual person. Um, but on the flip side of that too, like I have to protect what I've worked for. Yeah. I've created a business and a company that represents my values and is my, it's our family business. So, mm. you know, what's more important mm. for me is protecting that and, and upholding everything that I've worked for over and above how someone might feel a little bit hurt by some feedback that, you know, that they're not performing or not working in line with that values. And, and I think it's like for me it's really important to go, all right, yep, there's those feelings there. That person's going to feel hurt. That that kind of hurts me to think about that. But mm -hmm. over here, I'm thinking about what I've worked for in my family, and that is absolutely number one. Mm. And also by by giving over um, too much, I guess you know we're both feelers, and we we do take mm -hmm. into consideration other people's feelings. But um, and again, you and I have discussed this offline. Look, there needs to be some level of accountability for for one's own behaviour. Sadly, I'm seeing this less and less in children um, just because parenting styles are changed. And, um, you know, now if a child is misbehaving, they go home and then the, the, te the, sorry, the parent comes and says, you know, um, Lucy told me that you told her off. Well, yeah, I did because she was misbehaving. And I'm sorry that that's uncomfortable, but this is the reality. And I think sometimes there's just this lack of awareness. Like, yes, the person may feel hurt, 
because you're telling them that their behaviours are not in line with the the organisations. But losing control of the behaviour, at the end of the day, I have no control over your behaviour. You choose that. You choose that. So you also choose the stuff that comes with it. And if you choose good decisions, this is like a lecture to my own children right now. They get this one all the time. Mm -hmm. You choose good decisions. You are also choosing all of the good that comes with that. But if you choose, I mean, we're blessed with choice. But if you choose to make bad decisions and behave in a way that is not aligned with the family's values or your organisation's values or there is a procedure that you choose not to follow for whatever reason, then you have to deal with that. And I'm sorry that that makes you feel hurt, but, hey, you did this, not me. Yeah, and it comes back to, yeah, we've talked about this before, haven't we, around that circle of control um, that those are the things that you can control. And as you said, those all of those choices that people make along the way are within their control. Mm. Um, and I, and think, I think, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what I think. <laughs> I don't know what I think about it. Well, I do. I think that I've been taking on um, too much of that in previous years. Mm. I've been taking that on and, and trying to fix that about people. So, um, yeah. And that is not my problem. All I can work on is being the best version of myself. So therefore, what I can do when I'm having this difficult conversation is make sure that I am in control of me. I am well prepared. I'm calm. I am not spiteful or malicious. You know, I am in control of my tongue. I'm not going to say anything that I will regret or that could be thrown back at me. That's what I can control. Yeah. Nothing yeah, more. Absolutely. I think the key, one of the keys there that you mentioned, Jane, is that preparation. Mm. Um, and I know for me when I've had to go into those difficult conversations um, with a team member, I have spent so much time preparing. And preparing for me is going for a walk, listening to a podcast, you know, perhaps chatting online with you. <laughs> <making> my- <laughs> we do do some planning. Yes, we, we do. do. Yeah. And, but also reading over my notes, writing down how I'm going to approach a conversation so mm-hmm. that when I go into it, I've, I've thought of every possible case scenario so that I'm not going to sit there lost for words because that can often happen, can't it, when we're oh, faced yeah. with reactions whether they be you know overly emotional or perhaps they don't say anything or they don't respond in a way that you expect if you haven't prepared for those different case scenarios then you kind of be on the back foot so for me the power has been in the preparation and then get in there and rip the band-aid yeah (laughs) just rip it and get on with it yeah there's yeah two two great points and I I Agree wholeheartedly. So um, I am the same. I will do a lot of reflection, a lot of reflection about what I want from the conversation um, mm. and I will plan it out and I will write it out, not like a script, but yeah. I will, you know, I've got some questions about, well, what what might, what emotions or behaviours might they come back with? Like so if, 
like you say, you can preempt it. You know, you're going to tell someone they're underperforming. Well, they're not going to, very rarely, there are a few brilliant individuals that would say, well, thank you for sharing that with me. You know, most of us get to that point 48 hours later, but their initial reaction is often defensive and just putting yourself into their shoes and, and kind of going, okay, well, how would I respond in this situation? How are they going to respond? Um, in this situation and the other point that you made that was brilliant is about just getting in there and and ripping the band-aid off so there's no point in dancing around um what you're there to do so yeah. it really needs to be in the first three minutes that we sit down we say thank you mel for coming in um well because you might lose your courage as well you know you might yeah, yeah kind of absolutely you know, some conversations I've actually opened up with look this isn't going to be easy and I'm just going to Correct. get straight into it and and not beat around the bush here Correct. and, and that knows they know what you know is often they do know what's coming too oh, yeah. well on that one thing that I started doing this year that has been a um, improvement that I found is that when I am having a very difficult conversation I actually give the person the courtesy of their own reflection and preparation um, now that is in the form of the email invite basically you know if I if I need to because they the minute you say oh can I see you can I see mm -hmm. you in my office well bing 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 the the human brain goes what have I done Mm -hmm. um, and, and automatically they, they get defensive. So now I actually send them an email and say, I'd really like to have a chat with you and these are the points that I will be covering. And I make it clear that this is, I'm giving them the heads up, not so that they can prepare a defence, but so that they have the, and I write this, so that you have, out of respect to you, that you have the opportunity to reflect on these events as well. And so that our, our conversation is measured and calm and not emotional. And I found that has led to much better conversations and it, it really does respect the other person and I write that that's why I'm giving them the opportunity. It really is out of respect to them. I don't want to bulldoze them. You know, I don't want to get in there and take like... <laughs> Just kind of yeah, absolutely. It's not about blindsiding people, is it? No, no, because that's a power trip. That's a yeah. power trip, actually. Um, I've got all the information. I've collected all the evidence. I've had the the luxury of prepar like preparation, and you haven't. So I'm going to win, right? And that's not what like you know, it's not. That's not what it's about. No, yeah. and and who's um, at fault, and and that kind of thing. Um, so I think, yeah, sitting down and preparing, asking yourself, well, what do I want to achieve from this conversation? What would be the best outcome from this conversation? And then giving the person, I guess, just time. I, I found that when I've done that, the, the other person has been much more receptive because they've dealt with their initial kind of um, mm. demons and negativity by themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Jane, you shared something with me uh, just recently, actually, and I, I loved this line, so I wanted to share it and we can talk about Ooh. it more. Um, <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> 
in so when you know coming into those conversations and going back to that point that you made about people being defensive because that is you know an automatic default that we all go to if you you know sitting there and someone's giving you some feedback you know you can often feel like you need to defend yourself Mm. Um, and you gave the great line that would you like me to give you some examples of those Mm. behaviors and I think that you know in itself just gives the person information about then oh okay she's not just Mm-hmm. flying off the handle about blah 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 you know mm-hmm. there's a pattern then there's some again coming back to that, that documentation that mm-hmm. there's some actual example in place mm-hmm. I think that comes back to that idea of preparation too doesn't it that is quite good isn't it I'm glad you raised that what a yeah. good idea <laughs> I wrote it down I thought I'll make sure we share that one because it's a great line the other line I love which is from my my dance teacher when she was a master of dealing with parents and she would always say she would put her hand up and say I'm sorry you feel that way and I've Mm. never forgotten it because it actually I think often as women we say sorry a lot Mm. for Mm. just being um and saying that you're sorry that the person feels that way doesn't then take the onus back onto you because it can be so hard when people Mm. respond emotionally or they're trying to defend themselves um and it's hard to know what to say and Mm. I just think such a great line I'm sorry you feel that way yeah that is that is a good one I um have stolen a line too from a friend who's a physio and I've not not told him actually that I've stolen this line but he uses it when uh and he's not a treating physio anymore he runs his own business so he's he's not working in he's working on the business um but I think it might be some part of their training is that when somebody has shared with them their their issue that they're there to be treated on um that then the physio kind of recaps that and so you know to make sure they've understood and so he has this line that I don't think he realizes he's using and he says so what I'm hearing is yeah that's and great. it's a diffuser in a difficult conversation but also very helpful in a normal conversation um and I've used that as well so people will um because otherwise, where do you go? You know, they've gone blah, 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 blah. And so mm-hmm. then you you either have to tell them why that's wrong or defend yourself. And, and most of that doesn't feel so great. So what I've said is, okay, so what I'm hearing is, bah, 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 give it back to them in a measured way and then say, is that correct? And they say, yes. It just gives you that time to really stop make sure a that you're not kind of reacting but you're responding it orders your thoughts and then you can say okay well in relation to your first point and off we go um and i think that that's worth mentioning is giving yourself a gap between the stimulus which is whatever they're saying and your response and to make it a response not a reaction because once we're firing um, you know, back and forth, back and forth, that's when it starts to look like an argument. Yeah, and absolutely. There's not a lot of, yeah, there's not a lot of helpful outcomes in an argument. Nobody, both both parties leave pretty cross. Um, and so, and I've even got to that point a couple of times with perhaps a, a team member where they've come back and I've come back and then 
and then I've realized it. you know I'm, I'm not perfect but I'm self-aware enough to go oh that's heading into a place where I don't want to and so then I stop it I say listen this this is kind of heading somewhere where um, I don't feel it's all that helpful so let's just take a moment um, let's have a drink of water you know take a breath and yeah. start afresh and then I'll yeah. say so what I'm hearing is and off we go so just it's okay to slow down the pace and I think um, the thing with humans is we don't have to pretend we don't have to dance around any of this the more honest I have been the better the conversations have been so you mentioned going in ripping the band-aid off listen Mel thank you for coming in I'm not gonna lie I've not been looking forward to this conversation and I'm sure you haven't either it's going to be challenging at times but let's go with kindness and grace so to begin right so you can you straight in so being honest about that that's really honest and also yeah. it's it's really honest to be able to say hey this is getting a bit out of control let's take a moment you know, you don't have to pretend to be perfect when it when something's happening just say it <laughs> yeah yeah totally just name it and I think um if there's nothing wrong with giving yourself some space in a conversation I my one of my first um, mentors my first boss actually she was brilliant at this she was she she used to say to me you don't have to talk you don't have to feel oh. every silence and oh. I went, and this was she was coaching me in terms of interviewing um, mm -hmm. staff members mm -hmm. um, and I've always remembered that as that, you know, silence is actually okay. Like mm -hmm. taking a breath and just letting it sit for a moment is okay. You don't have to fill it up every second. Um, and especially when things are getting heated, mm. that can be such a great diffuser. Just, yep, have a sip of water, take a breath. Correct. And it, it just gives that time for insight doesn't it it just mm. lets things diffuse as you say and yeah. and drop down um, I've got some I've got some phrases that I also use um, they're not fillers particularly but um, I don't know it like I said I don't have a script but I do often um, and this is a little bit of a handy hint I do have my laptop open during these conversations facing me obviously because they're at my desk they're very formal they're at my desk and the reason I have my laptop open is that on my word document in front of me I have some phrases that just help me if I feel like things are getting a little bit adrenaline filled you know I don't know about you but my brain doesn't work very well mm. under pressure mm -hmm. um, so I have these on on my word document it's not anything bad you know so if the other person saw it they'd be like what's that and I'd I, again I'd name it I'd say they're my little helpful hints to make sure that I stay the best version of myself right now and that yeah. this is positive so some of them um, are out of curiosity so instead of just um, kind of trying to ask them lots and lots of questions out of curiosity can you give me an example or Oh, I'm curious. I'm curious about that. Can you share more? Right. So it's yeah. like trying to because the the reason we're having a conversation most of the time is for two people to talk, not just you to do the telling. 
um, that's that's a telling off. That's not a conversation. <laughs> that's just a reprimand. <laughs> and, and you know what? Look, all jokes aside, sometimes there is a time and place for that, but rarely. But yeah, you know, it's worth mentioning. Um, the other thing is, if if people are telling me something, the other phrase I might use is, "And is there anything else?" Because a lot of the time, people um, are a bit nervous. And the reason their behaviour might have been not up to standard um, has a backstory that you don't know about. It's not an excuse. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it is just a backstory. And they yeah. still won't have the courage to go there straight away. So they'll give some reasons and they'll say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm just, I'm not sleeping all that well. So I'm a bit, I'm, I'm not, maybe not making the best decisions. And you go, oh, look, I can understand that. I'm definitely not at my best when I'm, fatigued as well so I'm, I'm sorry to hear that is there anything else and then you might get well actually my mother's really well unwell you know okay yeah the reason yeah. for not sleeping and just that is there anything else um has most times nine times out of ten got to the root of the the problem so to speak and it doesn't mean that that's something that's excusable but at least we're we're not pretending you know we're not having a fake conversation at least we're going straight to where we need to spend some time and do the work together um yeah absolutely that's great they're great phrases jane i'm <laughs> madly writing them down in my book. <laughs> i've got that's one more i've got one <laughs> oh, more and that is i find um we've talked about how to open these conversations but sometimes ending them are even harder so yeah. we've, we've got in we've got straight to the point we're feeling very proud of ourselves we're now in the middle of it it's going well we're unpacking some stuff and then it's kind of like well ah oh, thank you for coming <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's like well how do we <laughs> yeah bit orcs how mm -hmm. do we finish it off and so this is also on my computer when i'm having these conversations um i say listen i found this to be a really helpful time and i hope that you have too can you share with me what you found most useful? You know, so what what have you found useful from this conversation or what are you taking away from this today? Share with me what you're taking away from this. Um, and what that does is it just gives you, like, the knowledge that they have understood or they haven't. You know, sometimes they might, you, you think you're all good and then they'll come up with something that completely misses the point and you go, oh, okay, right. We might be doing this again. You know, it just gives you a bit of an indicator. Um, and, yeah, I found that really useful as well. So yeah, just kind absolutely. of finishing it off like that and, and, and letting them know, I guess, that it might not be the last conversation that you're having as well. Yeah, and I think that's, that's mm. important too is that, you know, at the end you want to have an outcome or an agreement that, okay, this is what we've agreed on today you're going to go away and do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to pop down these notes here. I'll, you know, whether you agree that you're going to send it through in an email or whatever mm -hmm. the outcome is, that there's there's an end point to it and then stand up. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, you know, that's... Like it's like you need to kind of have an end point to the yes. conversation, stand up and you show that, you know, you're done. Yes, that's, that's really good. And also having it in a place that you can leave. Um, mm is good as well like I know I've been kind of stuck 
a couple of times. I, I do do them in my office because it's confidential, but um, both with parents and, and employees. But, yeah, showing them, like, well, I'm done. like, And so I will stand up, as you say, and I will actually leave the room. Like, they can yes. sit in my office if they like, but I'm not. I'm, go I'm done. Yeah. I'm out. Absolutely. Um, and I think, yeah, we do. Otherwise, you're just going to sit and look at each other and, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Don't do it over coffee, I say. Oh, no, no, that's right. Like, oh, no, no, no. And if possible, um, do it face-to-face. -face. So I know sometimes there are restrictions that mean we have to have these conversations over the phone. I hate the phone. It's part of my personality profile because I can't read the body language. That's why I've, I've identified that I've hated it. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a Zoom interview, you know, where I can see someone and I can I can see how they're feeling, but I don't love talking on the phone. I know sometimes you're going to have to do it, but it's not ideal. And really, face to face is is perfect if if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also it's important to make it a priority as the leader of your organisation. You know, this is more important than you. Know, Teaching or, you know, whatever yeah. it is else that you're doing within your business, this stuff is so important. And coming back to that point around um, the other team members seeing that you are leading your organisation, that you're keeping people accountable, that, um, you know, that you're all on the same page. Mm. I, I can't stress that enough that, no. yeah, yeah. Because I know okay. when, when I have done things where I've followed up with people, I know I can see yes. the relief. It relieves yes. the, that toxic stuff that we've talked about. Um, it's not festering. And the, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the more oh, you do it, the less you worry about it too because you know you can see the outcomes on the other side. People hmm. either rise up to it and go, you know what, she's given me this feedback. I'm being held accountable. Mm. I'm, I'm, you know, going to pull my socks up here, or they choose not to do that. Yeah. Um, they might leave, but that's yeah. okay too. That's okay too. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. Miss Mel, it is our time is up, well and truly. Um, there's lots more to to go with that. That might be one of a few conversations yeah. on difficult conversations, but certainly there's plenty there. I've kind of been making notes. As we go and if. If you are needing, I guess, a little bit of encouragement to have these kind of conversations, there's we've certainly unpacked plenty of pointers that will make it a more positive experience than than if you yeah. don't. So, and I encourage people to reach out to you know whether it's a fellow mm. studio owner or it might be someone else in business. Mm. Um, that you know has gone through similar things because you can't reach out for that support within your own team. No, it's really important that you you resource yourself and, and have support from other sources so that you can build up the courage and build up the toolkit as you go along as a leader. Yeah, perfect. Agree. Thank you, Miss Mel. Merry Christmas to Thanks, you. Um, yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> in <June. laughs> <Or> Christmas <laughs> in July. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to At The Bar with Jane and Mel. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. We would love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think, what topics you'd love us to cover or any feedback you'd like to pass along. 
You can reach out to us both via the Dance Studio Success with Jane Gretch Facebook page. Send us an inbox. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we hope that our podcast helps you as you navigate the highs and lows of dance studio ownership. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 